This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you use code DNVR when you sign up, you're going to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's with promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. I'm Susie Hunter, and look who we have here, the incredible Danny Wexelman of MLB Network Radio, SNY, Perfect Game. She is the ultimate utility player, but Danny, thank you so much for joining us. How are you this fun day? Oh my gosh. Can I tell you, first of all, I'm super excited to be here. I love what you guys do. I'm obsessed with Denver. I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I am obsessed with Denver. I feel like whenever I come out to Colorado, I'm like the best version of myself, not to be a cliche, but I'm just obsessed. Like great people, great scene. Like everyone is a transplant, but everyone wants to be outside and have a good time. And I'm like obsessed, like with Denver in general, Colorado too. I've been to Grand Junction. I've been to Boulder, um, but I love Denver. And so I'm very excited to be here and catch up with you guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for loving our city. Yes, always. <laughs> We'll have to have you back out when the future uh, Legends Complex gets built. Yes. Uh, about 45, 50 minutes north of Denver. You might have heard of it. Ryan Spielborgs is part of that. Carlos Gonzalez yeah, yeah. Cargo is kind of invested in. So they're doing some some big things uh, up in the Windsor area, kind of uh, just south of Fort Collins. So I imagine there could be a couple tournaments there, perfect game or otherwise. I hope. Somebody send me out there ASAP, please. Like yeah. any excuse, especially, don't tell Spilly I said this, but especially to hang out with Spilly, of course, always. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the purest golden retriever energy from Philly. <laughs> so good. That's so good. One of the things that you do to jump right into it, because you've you know got your own podcast along with your own show on on MLB Network Radio. We we hear you on there all the time. Is you work with your own version of Ryan Spielberg's, so to speak. Uh, but that's that's Darren Sutton. Is he someone that you also oh, hear yeah. uh, on MLB Network uh, Radio? You know how great is it, has it been? to work with him with Perfect Game, and, and how great is it when he busts out a story about uh, his late, great Hall of Fame father, Don Sutton? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you brought him up, honestly, because I – I want everybody to know that a huge reason that I get to sit here and say these things is because of him. And because I got to call college baseball games on ESPN this year is because of him, because he gave me the opportunity during COVID to call games for, for perfect game. We had our high school showdown and a bunch of other events. And he asked me if I would be interested and I've always wanted to get into it. So he is kind of the person who gave me that start and he believes in me. Like the guy lets me go color outside the line all the time he's stoked for me and I just came from event working with him for a week and I just I genuinely love working with Darren so much and then when he talks about his dad or shares stories or just in general I mean Darren has been a big league broadcaster he's done so many different things um, to hear his stories it's always special you stop and listen right it's one of those it's one of the people because he can story tell so well that you're always going to stop and pay attention to what he's saying, the stories he's going to share. And I genuinely love this part of the year because we're on the road a lot and it's important to have a good crew, right? And I have the best crew with Perfect Game, with Darren and, and the guys who are part of the media team that we do, these guys, Tanner and Taylor, who are the best ever. But Darren is special and Darren is really important to me in my life and my career. So I'm so glad you brought him up. Yes, love that. Yeah, he's, yeah, you he's wonderful and Go ahead, Susie. No, no, you keep going. You keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I also just love the, the Perfect Game podcast. And I, I bring that up because uh, Amateur Hour podcast, the proper name, powered by Perfect Game. But you recently had on a, a couple of Colorado connections, right? You, you talked with Gabriel Hughes out of Gonzaga. Uh, you even spoke with Jordan Beck. And you had a conversation with uh, a guy who's, you know, he's doing his duty. He's, he's servicing our country, Paul Skeens, out of Air Force. I mean, all of those are great conversations for people to go back, and, and they're, they're relatively timeless. But you've had them all somewhat recently. So uh, it's a good reason for people to go back and, and check out those podcasts. 
That's a nice plug. I like that plug a lot. You you got my back, man. The the podcast I do getting to catch up with the top college prospects, one of my favorite things as well. We just got Gabe Hughes on right before the draft. He was literally packing up at Gonzaga to get ready and leave and leave school and get ready for this MLB draft. And I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I did predict that he would go to the Rockies because you look at the farm system, you look at some of the guys, there is an obvious need for someone like him. Uh, a great kid, very angry on the mound he shared like growing up. And I think this is really fascinating and had to figure out a way to harness it. If you watch him pitch and you guys will see this, he talks to himself. He's the guy that talks to himself on the mound and you'll look and you'll be like, how angry is he? What is he saying to himself? And he he's harnessed it in a really positive way. He's an awesome dude. Paul as well. You mentioned serving his country, huge two-way guy at air force. And then for Jordan Beck too, we got him before he blew up at Tennessee, which was very, very cool to get a guy like him. But I don't know if there's something special. I love hearing their backgrounds. I love hearing their stories. And then you get them before they become pro. And I'm sure both of you appreciate this so much because they're willing to share a lot more and they haven't really been tainted by the big league. I actually watched bull Durham last, last night on the plane and crash Davis is, is sharing to Noosh Like these are the things you say. I'm happy to be here, right? You're just like very generic things. And so it's nice to get guys who are willing to share a lot more. So I do love that podcast so much. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Also, Bulldorm is a movie I've not watched in a very long time. <laughs> Same. I was happy to get a refresher on it. It's it's the best. I love it. Susie and I come from like minor league areas. She's a big mm -hmm. Hartford right. Yardos person. And, and for me, that was you know, once I first started covering the Rockies, I kind of relished those trips to, to go to, you know, double A or triple A. Uh, and the lower down the rung you go, the more, like you said, they're getting their reps in and they kind of appreciate it. Like I've had guys say, oh, the Denver guy's here. And I'm like, I, no, not I'm not the Denver guy. But to them, they're like, <laughs> okay, here we go. It's like I'm taking batting practice in a conversational way against you know, a, a top dog. And so I imagine that's, that's kind of similar for, for you when you walk into a room where they're saying, all right, I got to step my game up. I'm talking with Danny Wexelman here. And, oh, and that's I don't know if they say that, that I, I would hope maybe, but I will tell you that there are parents who will send me messages and be like, you and Darren are a huge reason that our kids more confident doing this interview, like teaching them these skills. I like to think that I'm helping them as they grow up a little bit. Hunter Barco, uh, who just got drafted, a dude who went to Florida first. Um, that was something he wanted to work on. We talked about that all the time that he wanted to be better in that space. And, and it's, yeah, those guys who are in the minor leagues too. I mean, it's a special space. I worked in double a for the senators. So I know too, like you guys completely understand that space probably more than I do. I, I actually quit uh, before the season ended. That's a story for another day, but I, I, um, that, that space holds a really special place in my heart. Yo, Eastern League, let's go. Yeah, girl, you know it. <laughs> uh, one of the uh, players uh, that you got to see up close and personal there in the College World Series, Cade Horton, who went seventh overall there to the Cubs just before Gabriel Hughes, kind of had a similar projection maybe towards the back end of the first round. Uh, how important, and, and again, you, you saw this firsthand, how important is the College World Series on a player's future and, and kind of how it can impact their career by saying, Hey, this is the biggest spot that this player can be in. If you have a big game that can really elevate your status and saying, Hey, this person can get it done under the big lights and the bright lights in the spotlight of, of a big tournament, like the college world series there in Omaha. I would say that the reason Cade Horton went in the first round as high as he did is because of the college world series and his team and Oklahoma getting to that point. I, I put all my stock in that. He's a great dude, really impressive. He was going to go in this draft, but what he did in Omaha completely raised his stock. The second he stepped on that mound and threw a slider, you guys heard all about it. Everyone was talking about it. I covered this kid in high school, great kid, great family, two-way guy, right? Football, baseball, ends up dropping football just to focus on baseball. And this is a guy who lost his senior high school season to COVID. Then he has Tommy John his freshman year at Oklahoma. So basically two years not playing and then comes back this season. He's out of the bullpen. He's playing third base. And he told me in Omaha, he's like, I just, there's some things that weren't clicking. It wasn't there. It's been really rough. And then three weeks before the big 12 tournament, he and skip work on the slider. And, and fun fact about skip Johnson is that 
when Skip was at Pan Am, he was an assistant coach. There was a guy, Reggie Treadaway, who was the head coach there. Skip played there, and then he ended up uh, working there. Reggie Treadaway, the grandpa of Tanner Treadaway, Oklahoma center fielder. And Reggie's like, do you want to be a head coach? Do you want to be a pitching coach? And he's like, you better learn how to hit. So when Skip was at Pan Am going through all that, Reggie's his mentor and then ends up uh, working there as, as Skip's uh, long resume goes. But anyway, Skip works on this pitch with Cade. They debut it at the Big 12 tournament. It's obviously a success, wildly successful. And I think that's exactly why his stock grew and I'm so happy for him and his family, but it's tough because I think the college space develops these guys. Like you said, like none other, I think the minor leagues are great. The development is, is obviously the best of the best, but in college you're getting a little more specific attention, I think. And, and you're also having to be a student and you get to be a kid and you get to be social and, and go through all those things. So I think that's as important sometimes to these guys and their development so they can come to the minor leagues and cook for themselves or clean for themselves or just be on their own and be independent but i i think the development the college level is really special not every program is the same i understand that some are better than others but i would say at oklahoma specifically too i mean you got reggie willits i just saw his son jackson this past week who's part of this coming draft class so another second generation kids coming through but the development for me in college is very unique and very special do you think and, and maybe you've you've kind of observed this a little bit you know, in, in your time covering not only just the College World Series, but even Perfect Game, that part of what MLB has done with removing those short season levels uh, in, in the minor leagues before guys are going out on uh, in low A, high A, that really baseball said, you know what, there's a way we can save a couple bucks and really maybe make it just for a better product and a better lifestyle for some of these kids if they did go to college, maybe it weeds out some of the bad apples. Maybe it also, you know, can find some gems, guys that can get that, as you said, that dedicated focus. Have you kind of gathered that, you know what? Yeah, I, I think they're, that's, that was part of the concept behind reducing the minor leagues is saying, hey, colleges, why don't you work on these guys from ages 18, 19, and 20? And then we'll, we'll, we'll pick up the phone and talk to them after that. I don't know necessarily if they got in a room together and said, all right, we got them this year and you got them. Then I, I, I think it's both ways because a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. While I think that college is great and socialization is great. I don't know if Bobby needed to go to college. He could have gone to college. He could have developed more and maybe, maybe he goes first overall. I mean, I don't, you can't get much better than what he did, but I don't know. I, I do know this. I, I still think that the minor leagues have a really long way to go. I'm really disappointed in the way that they're still continued to be run, run in the wages that they're given. I think that the development is there, but as far as like the person goes, they're really just part of the machine. And I think that's frustrating and sad and pathetic as far as a multi-billion dollar industry goes. I think that when a guy comes from college and goes to the minors, I think he's a bit ahead. He's ahead of the 18-year-old that comes in and has never been on his own. Or how about the Latin player who's never been that far from home, who doesn't speak English? So I do think that there are some advantages in that regard, too. I think that the development minor league level as they go through the system and that there are less teams, you can focus more on those players that are coming in. I... I wonder if there were too many teams let go and there are too few rounds still in the draft. I understand the concept behind it. I just think that there are thousands of guys playing this game and I understand you want to pay them more and you want to give them better development, better housing and all that. So once I see that, I'll feel better about what the decisions and how the decisions were made to do that. But I, I don't think it's still up to snuff yet. So I, I I see it both ways still. I'm I'm on the fence. I think a little bit about it. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm still on the fence. But but I stand by my point. I think college development for the guys. It's JUCO D two D three. I don't care what level you're developing in a really important way, and you're getting attention that maybe you wouldn't have gotten in the minor leagues, especially if you're a late round pick right? We know that the systems are working towards those higher picks and more attention and care. So you get to go to college maybe and get a little extra attention you might not have gotten at that age to develop. Now, um, you mentioned the you know minor league teams 
are there enough? You know, we lost so many minor league teams, of course. But um, we've seen MLB partnering with a lot of those independent leagues more and more and experimenting. Do you think that kind of makes up for any of that? I mean, we even saw Kumar Rocker in the Indies. So, I mean, do you think that is enough? Do you think that's making up for it? What's your take on it? Yeah, I think it, that's important. I I. I would like them to be paid more attention. I would like them to get better benefits and, and paid money as well. Equally. I understand it's indie ball. So it's a little bit different. It's, it's separated, but if major league baseball is going to come in and implement different things and systems and procedures into those levels to gather data, then I think it, it would be important to equalize the playing field a little bit. I'm glad that they're using those leagues. I would like to see more guys get the same chances as Kumar uh, did and, and, I mean, he raised his stock that that's my jaw dropped when I saw his name come off the board yeah. to the Rangers. I couldn't believe it. Um, I, yeah, I do think, I do think that they're doing a good thing. I will say like when major league baseball comes into the lower levels of minor leagues and they're experimenting with rules, I get frustrated because I sound like a Debbie Downer. I swear I'm not, I get, <laughs> I get, I'm passionate about the lower levels. I, I get frustrated because I'm like, are you paying these guys more to experiment with their jobs and to make them the guinea pigs for the future with all of the different things that they're adapting to throughout the season and things that should really start changing at the youth levels, right? If you're going to change the distance of the mound, if you're going to change the baseball, if you're going to change pitch clock, the bases, what have you, those things should start be implemented at the lower levels. I I'm frustrated that guys who are professionals have to be the Guinea pigs for it, but I'm, I'm glad here's what I'll say is I'm overarching glad that the game is trying to be sorted out and to be made better. The game can always be better. And those who think that it's good, how it is are, are wrong. It can always be better. There are a lot of things that can be approved about the game and it has to be fixed somewhere. Right. And, and I, I'm glad that independent baseball exists for these guys and these teams exist to be a platform for them in a space. Because I, I think what I, what I see the most is people are like, Oh, they went first round. Like they're guaranteed. They're not. Mark Appel is like the best example. You can be drafted anywhere to any team in any space. And if you, if you have the resources and you're, and you're set up to succeed, which that's what those teams should be doing, then you have a chance and you can make it like, it's not just the first one through five round guys who are going to make it. I, I want baseball to be more accessible and more inclusive of people who aren't being drafted that early or who are playing Juco baseball or are playing independent baseball. Like that's what I want. I don't want the game to be less. I don't want competition to go down. Don't get me wrong, but I, I want people to feel like they don't have to be one, one to be a pro. That's what, that's where I stand. I think I just completely went off the rails of your question here, but um, you caught me. I had a lot of coffee this morning. You know what? Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, we love off the rails. That is like the second title of our show. So. <laughs> okay, good. good off the rails. Sorry. Sorry. No, yes. do not be. I have a few minutes. I, I think I told you I, I, I needed to go soon. I have a few minutes because yeah. I just completely stole that. So whatever you have, I'm here. I'm sorry. Well, how about, how about this segue? Talk about yeah. being off the rails again. Omaha for a while, they were the golden spikes, right? That connected uh, East Coast with the West Coast and the train track. So again, going back to the College World Series, yeah. the draft was supposed to be in 2020 in Omaha, and now they've moved it to the All-Star break. And you go, well, hey, that's good. Again, that's going to highlight players. As you said, you know, we might know the, the guys who go in the top 10 picks, but then Sterling Thompson, Jordan Beck, ah, they're in the 30s you know, in this draft. Yeah. So maybe they're not important, but they are. They're very much important. Yeah. The guys, we should be paying attention to second, third, even fourth round guys. And so you understand why the draft was moved, but that makes it much later in the season. It messes with some of the summer collegiate leagues. Do you think we ever eventually see some of the kinks worked out? And we do have the MLB draft similar to where it's been in the past in the middle or late parts of June during the college world series there in Omaha. I heard people on both sides of this argument. I stand on the side where I'd like to see it a little earlier. I don't love that. I, I love that. I thought LA was awesome. I saw the setup. I, I one day have aspirations to host that draft, but I thought LA was great. I thought that they did a really phenomenal job of elevating the level of the draft and the future of the game. Awesome setup. I thought the draft, the show was incredible. I thought top to bottom, anyone who covered the draft did an amazing job this year. I will say though, rounds two and three overlapping with home run derby and all-star 
was anyone watching? Did anyone pay attention? Did we cover it properly? I'm going to say no, because you turned your attention to the major league side of things. And that's great. We should. It shouldn't be competing with the major league side. So I'd like to see it a little bit earlier. I think Omaha's an incredible place. I don't want guys. I mean, it's kind of fun, right, when a guy finds out on the field. But I think that that moment should be a little more special and unique to them, not maybe after they struck out and they're trying to win the college world series. Cause when these guys get to Omaha, man, they're tunnel vision, there's nothing else happening in their lives for those two weeks. So maybe I would love to see it a little bit after that, or maybe before, maybe like the day before the college world series starts would be a great time. And you can go into it and just have the best time of your life. I don't know if that would be distracting for players. Maybe, maybe it's right after, but not, not inside the all-star festivities when no one can see who's going in rounds two and three would be my only preference to that. I mean, even round one was like kind of during games that we were trying to pay attention to too. <laughs> the future stars games, right? Like that yeah. was going on in high school. I think the high school all-American game and their derby too on that, on the Sunday, right? That's how mm -hmm. it went. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and games are just wrapping up on Sunday in general. So we're yeah. doing a post game show kind of a half of an MLB draft thing. That's Look, right. I'll say I'll say this final thing, it'll it's not necessarily a plug for your your professional side, but on the personal <laughs> side, Instagram, Twitter, you have a picture of just about like everyone that would be like in my Mount Rushmore of people like, okay, there's one with Mark McGuire. Oh, what? You got the great Hambino, Patrick Renna from the Sandlot. What? You know, you've got what looks like the lead singer of 1975. No, it's actually <laughs> Tim Lincecum. It's like you, it, it's, it's definitely enjoyable. You have to be following Danny Wexler. Oh my gosh. I, um, I love my job more than anything. I've worked really hard for it and, and to navigate these spaces. And finally, I thought I had to be this one thing or be at this one place to have success or to feel like I've made it. And I realized probably like three years ago, right before COVID that this space that I'm in is the space I want to commit myself to and that I'm happy and I feel like I do my best work and I'm contributing in a way that makes me feel good about my time on this floating rock in space. And I try to really be present. And so those moments that I've gotten, I mean, I'm from St. Louis. So seeing Mark McGuire, he was watching out watching his kids during those tournaments. That was a thrill for me. Tim Lincecum, someone that I've thoroughly enjoyed watching throughout his career. The, he made a rare appearance. Um, and I never ask for photos ever. And I was like, I have to have a photo with Tim Lincecum. I have to, I have to get this because I admired this guy so much. And, and the journey that, that my career has taken me on, man, like I'm beyond lucky and grateful. And don't worry, I, I work my butt off. Like most of my job is homework. You guys know this. All I'm doing is sitting at my table and doing my homework and trying to get ready and, and do my best. But like, I, I feel very grateful that, um, I stuck with this and that I realized like where you are is great. And the next opportunities that come and they did, they have, right. I, I got to do the college world series for ESPN this year. And, um, and they come where like everything you're doing, I could talk for hours on this, but I just think if you work hard and you're a good person and you're as present as you can be, like all the things will come your way when they're supposed to. So thank you for loving on that. I, I love on it too. Sometimes I'll go back and be like, Ooh, that was kind of cool. So <laughs> I do it. Too. I, I love that. Well, listen, we see you grinded. We appreciate it. Thank you. That was the perfect way to end this segment. We won't keep you any longer. But Danny, thank you so much for joining us. You guys are the best. Thank you for having me. I rambled a ton. You guys are serious professionals, keeping it a little bit back on the tracks, but a, a fan of what you guys do too. And thank you for having me. Thank you, Danny. Thank you so much, Danny. Oh, that, that was fantastic. Yeah, you can follow her on Twitter at Danny Wex. She's on the Amateur Hour podcast. Uh, that's Perfect Game. Darren Sutton. Again, you can learn all about college players, draft picks, things of that nature. That's what she said with Danny. That's mm -hmm. Alexa Dat and, and Danny Wexelman. They just recently had on Bobby Wood Jr., Brandon Belt. She's on SNY. I wanted to ask her a little bit about SNY because, Susie, we have, we've got the ongoing bit about pro wrestling and Sal Licata. Over there oh my SNY. God, no! <laughs> hey, Danny has been in on a couple of wrestler conversations as guests. So, I mean, I wanted to get the temperature of that. So you're going to be saved for another day because I think no! you might oh be my more gosh. in the minority than you realize.
I don't Maybe. care. I am who I am. I'm living my truth. <laughs> I don't want to be dragged into wrestling conversations. You Look, guys are terrible. It's just a soap <laughs> opera with a bunch of oily, beefy boys. That's all it is. That's it. It's real life. It's real life action heroes. That's it. It's Marvel, but in real life. It's the same thing. They do their own stunts. Uh, it's it's a wonderful time, just like the wonderful time we're always having in the members only Discord for the DNVR.com. Now only fifty cents for your first month. You can also go ahead and ask questions and chat uh, and, and make all kinds of wonderful comments on the DNVR.com for the Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets. You name it, we've got all that wonderful, great coverage. We've got discounts on events that you can get over on DNVRLocker.com. And if you're ready to go all in with annual membership, of course, you do get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. You might even want to pick up some of your own Stanley Cup gear, both at dnvrlocker.com. We've got some long sleeve tees. I can't wait for long sleeve weather. Bust those babies out. They look amazing. But you can also go to foco.com, get 10% off your order for non pre sale items. That's code DNVR for 10% off at foco.com. They've got the Joe Sackick Stanley Cup celebration bobble. They've got all kinds of other officially licensed avalanche gear. We know they've got the Rockies City Connect bobbleheads. The more and more we see these other City Connect uniforms, the more it seems as if the Rockies got it right. So commemorate that and more over on foco.com. And hey, enjoy us even more right in the comfort of your own home on your television on Evoca TV. Yeah, you'll be able to watch the Nuggets and Avs for the first time in years and you know the conversation's been going on and on and on and it's like oh I, I think maybe it'll happen you don't have to dance around you don't have to worry about ripping your hair out anymore Ivaca TV go to Ivaca.tv slash DNVR and you get your altitude sports so nuggets and abs you also get rapids with that you get AT&T Sportsnet so you get the Colorado Rockies you get the CSU Rams and yes you get us on the DNVR sports it's $25 per month plus the cost of your receiver. No contracts. You don't have to worry about that. Your price gets locked in for two years. It's not going to get inflated. You don't have to worry. You'll get the nuggets and abs. Once again, go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. And on top of that, use code DNVR and you get $10 off your first three months. So, I mean, again, we you can't go wrong. You're getting something you can't get anywhere else. And you're getting it at a nice little discount. Can't beat that. I love that. Patrick, thank you. Always seamless. Always, always a good ad read. Trying to. As I'm Try- sitting back and si- sipping my coffee and like tweeting, I'm just like, yeah, go get it, Patrick. Well, look, Danny talked yeah. a little bit about the minor leagues and, and all that stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Now's probably a good time to highlight some of our favorite uh, in and around the minor leagues right now. The, the first thing is, is really just an image because look, this, this thing is beautiful. The Rockies, we know because of the city connect uniforms, they had to take a uniform out of their closet for some reason. Uh, and the black vests were gone, but the Fresno tacos are keeping it alive. And look at Benny Montgomery there in all black with black pants on top of that, really looking sharp. You know what? This is such a sharp look. And again, I love the all black, especially in the Rockies fam. I love the tacos recognition. I know they've been doing this before they were affiliated with the Rockies, but love a love a good tacos plug for sure. It looks good. I've missed yeah. I've missed the all black look and we're definitely missing out on that right now because of the City Connects, which I love, but I miss the black vests so freaking much. Very true. Yeah, and, and those hats that the tacos uh Fresno Grizzlies have put out with the tacos with the purple brim on it really sharp. I'm sure we've probably seen those at the stadium or rather they've been at the stadium, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. Again, it's that thing. If you say, Oh man, the 25% of people in the world drive a yellow car. All of a sudden you're going to see yellow cars everywhere oh. you go. and it's not yeah. true. But now that I've pointed that out, Susie, we are going to see a lot more of those hats because we're going to be looking for them. And I'm yeah. excited. For that. Uh, good analogy, Patrick. I like that. Was it, was it a grand slam analogy? Might you say? You know what? I'm not going to call it a Grand Slam analogy because that is disrespectful to Winton Bernard, who hit a Grand Slam on Sunday night. It is hashtag Bernie Boy Summer down in Albuquerque. It is Winton Bernard. You know what? That's it's sad to say this, but one of the thi- one of the uh, things that you lose when uh, a team doesn't make a trade at the deadline, when it, when they don't get rid of their best players is some good stories. Now, again, look, 
you, you want to win games first and foremost. But I think a lot of Rockies fans, probably 90 to 95% of the people who listen to the podcast, I think already understand this idea that if you keep certain players around who are going to be gone in a couple years anyway, either because of age or because they will hit free agency, you might as well get something for that player now so that when players like an Ezekiel Tovar or Zach Veen, Drew Romo, or even a Gabriel Hughes, when they come up, You'll still have Freeland, right? He's got a, a himself a five, six-year deal. Uh, same for, for Ryan McMahon, Antonio Senzatella. So, like, all of those guys are going to be back and still around. So, hey, you might as well get some, some good prospects for them. But one of the other cool benefits is now you got to call up some guys from AAA. And now you're, you know, Win Bernard, let's, let's, let's get it clear, 31 years old. So it's not as if, you know, hey, his ceiling could be incredibly high. He could still be here in six years. Probably not, but the dude deserves an opportunity. It would be a wonderful story. He is a great human being, and I think mm -hmm. everyone would rally around that, just like how fans really started to, to latch on to Josh Fuentes. You know, his stay in Denver was, was very short-lived, but he provided a lot of memories, and he's a guy that you kind of gravitate towards a little bit. You say, that's a cool dude. I'm kind of interested in seeing what this person does after their career, and I think Wynton Bernard is, is one of those players uh, that, that deserves that opportunity. And I think we would all benefit from seeing that. Yes, it means the Rockies have traded away some players, so they're going to lose more games. But winning two or three more games or four or five when you're already going to be under 500, what, what's special about that? What are, what are the special memories you bring when your team wins 78 games versus 73? Not very many. So if you got a Stephen Cardulo and you say, hey, that was a really cool story. Or Tim Melville, you're like, that dude loves barbecue. I'm glad I know that now. <laughs> and Wynton Bernard, he was on Family Feud. Yes, you can actually go back and listen to mm -hmm. our interview with him this, uh, this past off season. He was great giving us 45 minutes. That's one of the things that you lose. And so love to see that Bernard, he's holding up his end of the bargain and playing incredibly well. Maybe we'll see him at Coors Field. A lot of people have, have said that to us. A yes. lot of people have brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I also would like to see that. Plus, we know how much Bud Black loves an MLB debut. Let's let's make it happen. Everyone will be happy. Very true. There's going to be a lot of people happy down in Albuquerque at the end of this week, especially those that are going to be benefiting from all the donations to the New Mexico Veterans Integration Centers and the Children's Cancer Fund of New Mexico because the Isotopes have a really cool event this Saturday going on. I think you even need to buy tickets. Um, $16 to get in. The event starts at 5 p.m. on Saturday. But Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul are going to be at Isotopes park at the lab and that's pretty cool Susie, were you a big breaking bad fan or you know what you? i've i i've watched like part of the first season i my i think everyone kind of gets my vibe when it comes to shows like i need something that is like good vibes funny lighthearted, and breaking bad is not that so um, I just had a little trouble getting into it, but I do appreciate that these big stars from this wildly popular show are taking their time to hang out in Albuquerque, um, hang out with the Isotopes, a team that absolutely celebrates that show um, and for a really good cause. And I've seen some of the um, silent auction items or yeah, it's a silent auction, right? Yeah. I'm not just like making that up, um, but I've seen some of the items and they're amazing so if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, I imagine that you would be a little stoked about this. And even if you just go um, to the game that night, I, yeah, I think they still have a game. Uh, but they'll yeah. be throwing out the first pitch, which is which is awesome. Yeah, they've got like the pilot to Breaking Bad signed by you know creator Vince Gilligan. Uh, they even have a bucket of Los Poyos Hermanos that's just like you know from the set. You know, the Better Call Saul pilot uh, is is also autographed by by Vince Gilligan, and so they've got a lot of really really cool items some autographs some not you, know, you can get a uh, a hector salamanca bobblehead so they're they're keeping with uh, with the themes there Susie, you need to go back and, and watch breaking bad if you can get through like the first four seasons the fifth <laughs> season is, is is just a comedy it's just it's worth it it's uh, like a big punchline building up you're gonna love it it's so i have to watch four seasons of a show to get to one punchline oh the whole season's a punchline so it's great you get to learn about uncle jack He's a real sweetheart, and like, it's wonderful. I think you'll enjoy it. There's cages I'll, involved in it. It's wonderful. I'll give it a try. I'll ask my therapist if I'm allowed. 
Yeah. Better that? Call Saul is not as depressing. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. It's not, it doesn't seem to be as dark because you're, you're evolving to, into the darkness. Uh, but it is, huh. it, it, you, you actually aren't, might like aren't, it more. Aren't we all evolving into the darkness right now as we speak? I think that one, even if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I think you can watch Better Call Saul. It stands on its own. There are obviously those moments where if you're, if you're a fan of, of Breaking Bad, you go, oh, I know it's about to happen here, or I know who that shadowy figure is going to be, or, hey, there's like that cameo because this person's in Breaking Bad. But even if you don't know that, you can still hang with the story, uh, and it's still you know really good and, and really enjoyable. It's still not a positive vibe, but uh, it's, it's not a depressing vibe uh, like, like Breaking Bad can be. Thank you for yeah. tuning into our Breaking Bad podcast where Patrick breaks down the shows and I haven't watched them. That's it. Well, look, I, I appreciate that you want to be smiling when you watch a show, when you have that experience. And you don't want it to be oh. just any smile. You want it to be a pearly white smile. That's why I got to tap into the folks over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They've been doing it for years for our members and those that aren't members. That's okay, too. Uh, best part is when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's what I use every day. I love it. It's fantastic. It just changed the heads out, and it's lasted me for years. It's really great. You can get all of that and more. Again, mental, not mental, dental health. It's just as important as mental health. Not their slogan, but should be. <laughs> Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. It's, I think there's a connection between those two things. Though. I, I really well, think. you know what? Dental health is so important to your overall health. So is your mental health. It pans out, Patrick. Uh, that was that was some of your best work yet. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and you know what? I do my best work when I start my day with a scoop of Athletic Greens. A delicious scoop, too. Now, in the past, I usually would start my morning off with pretty much 16 ounces uh, of water, but now I throw a scoop of Athletic Greens and I get 75 high-quality vitamins. I get all kinds of clarity before that first cup of coffee. It's how I start my day. It's like a micro-routine that, for me, get, gets my body revving and going in, in, in the right place. Because, look, our bodies take a beating, depending, no matter what you're doing, even if you're sitting in a cubicle all day long, that might not be great for your body, but with Athletic Greens, you'll get those nutrients that your body truly needs to get through a day at work. And right now, Athletic Greens wants to hook you up with a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I'm going to be bringing some with me to San Diego next week. Again, yes! all thanks to Athletic Greens. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com ROC. Those are the first three letters in Rockies. Again, athleticgreens.com ROC. ROC. To take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Sounds All good, Patrick. Thank you. All I'm you excited. Do. Are you packed for your San Diego trip yet? No, it's still almost like a week away. But I've I've already packed up uh, some other vitamins that I take, so I'm I am getting ahead. I am very much getting ahead of of things so that it goes a little bit it's more smoother uh, for the plane ride and everything so I can get settled in. My mind's already out there thinking all the different coffee shops and, uh, and, and the different polls that we put out too on Twitter where, Hey, where do you want me to go? Uh, do you want me to go, you know, get inside of a jet just like uh, they, that they filmed down in Coronado Island for Top Gun Maverick. Maybe we don't put that one in the poll because if that one wins, that could end up taking up my whole day. And also, I don't know if they're yeah. going to be, but they wouldn't even let me on the base. I mean, no, it's not going to happen. No, you don't have the clearance, Patrick. No, Wait, don't, okay, set yourself, play... don't set yourself up for failure. I could, should I play volleyball in nothing but jean shorts? Like yes. again, if, if I'm trying to do the San Diego vibe thing, that could be something. No, I, I'm not doing that. We just, we have to make sure that the polls <laughs> are controlled by us so that they're all like fun and safe things, either that I've done or I haven't done yet. Either way, look, one thing that we have not done and we haven't experienced is Get in arguments with players uh, oh post game. Uh, I figure this is something we ha we have to talk about because mm -hmm. it's definitely evolved over time. But uh, yeah. wasn't a major ordeal, but it was, certainly was 
something. Uh, I believe this would have been maybe after Saturday night's game. Nick Castellanos was booed by the hometown fans at Citizens Bank Park. Which is not there. unusual. Not unusual not. for nope. Philly fans to do to anyone if they are not performing up to expectations. And we saw it with Alec Bohm earlier this year. And after that, you know, he owned up to it. it was like, yeah, like, you know, yeah, you know the whole story. Um, but... Jim Salisbury, reporter for NBC Sports Philly, asked Nick Nick Castellanos if he heard the boos that he was getting. And Castellanos replied sarcastically, no, I lost my hearing. But then Jim doubles down and it turned into a whole fiasco that is still kind of snowballing today here on Monday as we're recording this. And some of that has to do with the video that was shared. And I, I thought when, when it first came out that there may have been like an edit, but I thought maybe they just took out a small little piece of, of dead air or nothingness, but there's actually a longer extended version where, you know, Castellanos, obviously he didn't want to answer the question. He said, ah, that, that's a dumb question. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not like, I think, I think we all know why that's dumb, but then he was asked a couple more questions, answered it, you know, answered those questions respectfully. And then, okay, it was done. The lights kind of shut off. And Castellanos doubled down. I was like, come on, that, that was a dumb question. And Salisbury kept going back. And uh, I'm not going to say they were separated, but, you know, the Phillies PR was like, okay, okay we're, we're done here. We're not accomplishing anything. So the, that, that edit, I think, kind of altered uh, how we saw things one way or another. And so, look, things can happen like that in a, uh, in a market where both the press sometimes can, can get it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, we covered the Rockies and, you know, uh, full disclosure, like there's a lot more people that are paying attention to the Rockies in, in March and April when they're making a lot of moves, they're winning. And then when they're not, uh, they might not pay attention quite as much. And so we feel that pressure. Players feel that pressure, especially if they're making a hundred million dollars, as is the case with Nick Castellanos. And, you know, those things could come to a head, but, um, I think I, 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 this will probably get squashed if I had to guess. It was unfortunate. I think both guys were probably a little bit embarrassed by it, but uh, it was uh, it was a juicy little bit of detail there. I, I I enjoyed that little bit of back and forth. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like looking at that, I'm just like, okay, like yeah, both of them are kind of in the wrong on yeah. this one. I think we can all kind of agree on that. Um, but I mean, that's that's the Philly market. You know, the players are intense. The reporters yeah. are intense. Every person who lives in that area is intense. So, yeah, you're going to have blow ups like that, of course. But now the, the feud is kind of spilled over into other members of the press that weren't even directly involved in that question. Yeah. And 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 it's uh, some kind of a battle between. Uh, the written media and the, the television media, which which is something that uh, I've observed observed a little bit at Coors Field, and that's something that does get you know uh, whispered about a little bit because on opening day all the cameras will be there. On the Fourth of July they'll all be there. You know, uh, sometimes they'll end up leaving early for events, or they they only stick around for for By one day. You mean TV, done. right? Television side, yes, correct. Um, and when they were winning, it was a little bit more problematic because, again, everyone has a job to do and has a story to write. Uh, and they're getting in there with their cameras and their microphones and, and maybe kind of taking the conversation down the, down the wrong path or not the right. And so if, when you're there every day, obviously you, you have a little bit of uh, territorialness uh, when, when it comes to that. And, you're, and you know, if, if someone, an interloper kind of comes into that and maybe – you know, alters the trajectory of, of history in the future going forward, that can be uh, that can be a little bit troublesome. And so that was kind of the deal. The video that went out was from a TV person, uh, and there was some editing that went on in that video. And so it was like, okay, it's it's convenient, you know, maybe to to get some clicks and to uh, sensationalize it a little bit when you know it might have been something that uh, didn't deserve that that kind of attention. So. Uh, it, it is interesting, uh, the things that kind of go behind the scenes, but I think at the end of the day, most people are like, just, just play fair. Just be nice. Just be nice. Yeah. people. Calm down. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I think the root of the issue with the video that was tweeted that has gone viral. I mean, just before we started recording this podcast, I saw that, that exact video on MLB network. So like, we are still talking about it across the country here, but, um, the reporter from six ABC said, no, this was edited for clarity and a written 
media reporter said, no, like you totally changed the context of all of this. So now they are fighting amongst themselves. <laughs> the written reporter accusing the TV reporter of never being there. I come from a TV world, you know, before this. So, you know, I know you often do not have control of what games your bosses want you to go to. And if you're anchoring mm -hmm. a sports cast every single night, you can't go to every Phillies game because you have to be on TV in the studio. So I get that it's difficult. I get the other side of it too. It's just a whole big mess. I feel like every single person in this argument is wrong. Everyone is yeah. extremely wrong. <laughs> uh, but Philly people love to fight. And I can I, say that because I'm one of them. I, I say that a lot when, in talking with, with friends, kind of like the psychology behind it, is that I think we all want to think that we live in a black and white world where we all know what's right and what's wrong. When the truth is, like, most things are just kind of in the gray. We, we might think, like, well, it's, it's a gray area, but you're more wrong than I am. And maybe most people believe that to be true. But as soon as you come out and say, actually, that's not in the gray area. That's in the, that's in the black area. That's in the bad zone. Well, all of a sudden, you've now made a stance. And people will say, well, wait a minute. You aren't entirely right. It, it is a little in the You're wrong for saying you're right. And, like, that's kind <laughs> of the thing. that When you take a stance like that, or, or any stance, you have you know that opportunity of saying, well, I, I, I don't necessarily think the opposite is, is true. I just think what you said uh, lacks certain truth or, or has a bit of falseness to it. And again, it, you make something out of nothing. So the more we can kind of understand that everything is in the gray, I think the more we can navigate of like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to make this into something else and say, hey, I'm the one who's right because of this reason. Because chances are you might only be right you know, 60%, which yeah. is, does not mean you're right. Thank you for tuning in to DNVR Philosophy and Ethics with Patrick and Susie. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I'm working it on it's, uh, it's coming out in my book. Look, one thing that I would love to write about, and we might need to talk about this more tomorrow, because I don't think I mentioned it. I put it in the notes on, uh, on Sunday for Monday's podcast was Hall of Fame inductions. I don't think we yeah. congratulated Buck O'Neill, Bud Fowler, mm -hmm. Minnie Mignoso, Jim Cott. Tony Oliva, Gil Hodges, and Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Haven't gotten a chance to go back and listen to any of the speeches. I, I need to do that because that's always uh, just a wonderful thing. Have you been to Cooperstown, Susie? And is that something that's kind of on your bucket list, either for an induction or just in general? You know, it's absolutely on my bucket list. And I can't believe I haven't been to Cooperstown yet. It's kind of crazy. I wanted to try to include it on my MLB road trip, but it didn't really work out that way. I, yeah, I've still never been to Cooperstown and it is a void in my soul currently as we speak. It's out of the way too. Like it's, it's in New York, yeah. but it's more, more upstate. Or but like, I also, I lived in Connecticut. I lived like probably like four hours away from Cooperstown. So it's like, but it, again, it's not on the way to anything, but I used to live so much closer to it, Patrick. Look, I was trying to I was trying to help you. I was trying to fend don't off. Don't help me. Don't help me if I, I don't deserve the help. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there's drown. no excuse. Uh, <laughs> you should have been there numerous times uh, to go. I'll say this for anyone who wants to go in the wintertime, don't. Uh, it's it's not a great vibe. I mean, I guess it would probably be good having been there so many times. Once I went in the wintertime. I thought you were just going to say because it's cold. Because it's cold it in was. New York. <laughs> it was, but don't there was go. like nothing happening. Like I am not a huge fan of crowds. Like I, I, I don't don't like that vibe. I don't I don't think a lot of people do. I mean, again, unless it's something that you you value and you're like, I got to be there for this thing, even though there's going to be fifty thousand people, whatever it is. But the crowds actually, I think, make for a better vibe overall and a better experience down. Uh, in Cooperstown, down on Main Street, when there's a lot of people there, when, when there's no one there, it's just like a ghost town because it's literally there's literally one light on Main Street, oh and that's gosh. it. And so there's not, you know, there's no players there doing autograph signings. You know, there's not people there with you know wacky jerseys, and there's just not the fanatics there. So there isn't that buzz if you go in the winter time. But they do a really good job of scheduling all kinds of events throughout the year, so it's now not just that like final weekend in July or third weekend in July for the induction. And the coolest thing that they do now, which is like, it's, it's bonkers. Cause again, this is just a free thing. You can go 
and see a parade of all the Living Hall of Famers that show up. So you're going there. There's a video of Larry Walker even, you know, yeah. on his truck looking around at the crowd and everyone, you know, he get, gets announced by Brian Kenny. And, like, you can literally say, like, I saw 50 Hall of Famers with my own eyes. They were about seven feet away from me in a mm-hmm. truck. That is just the coolest thing that they do now. So glad they, they've incorporated that into the whole festivities on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. You know, hopefully, maybe next year I can make some time to go out there as we uh, head into the, you know. Are you saying that maybe Todd Helton will be there or something? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could be. 52% of votes uh, last year. So he's on the way up for sure. So uh, very exciting. Susie, we should do this again. What do you say uh, tomorrow? Same time? Does that feel about right? Same time, same place, maybe. We'll see. But yeah, Rockies are also back home tomorrow. Um, yeah. I'll let you know when I find out that their plane has landed. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be live on Tuesday at 11 a.m. But yes, I, I did want to point that out because I thought that was weird, interesting. It, it's kind of, it, it's the thing. So Chicago, the White Sox are already in Denver, right? They, was it Sunday night? Sunday night. Sunday night they got in. And But the Rockies are not here yet. Nope. Uh, so the White Sox just have to sit outside on the street, wait for the Rockies to get home. So the Rockies are in Milwaukee still. They've got mm-hmm. the game Monday night. Still got one more Monday night game. So Kyle weird. Freeland on the hill. And Milwaukee's also where the Minnesota Twins happen to be. So they've got three teams in their city. And... Denver has one team, but it's not their team. It's a different team. So go figure. Go figure. Yeah, hopefully. I hope the Minnesota Twins go to the game to watch some good Kyle Freeland stuff. And if you're watching this live, make sure you head down to the 16th Street Mall because maybe, just maybe, you could get a glimpse of Tony Larusa just walking around. You never, There's your <laughs> Hall of Famer. He wasn't at the parade down in Cooperstown on Sunday. He's in his own little one-man parade, his little one-man Broadway show that he's got going on, TLR. He's in Denver. You might, you I'm, might see I'm him. A, I'm going to send him a DM, see if he wants to get coffee. There you go. See if he wants to adopt a dog or something. He's he's big into that. He's yeah. big into the yeah. uh, helping support dog rescues and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll say that positive thing about, about TLR. And, of course, we'll have a preview of the very brief White Sox series. Hard to call it a series because it's only two games. So we'll call it a series versus oh the White Sox. It's, it's only two. It's not three is a series, two, series. That is not a, it, that's, it no. checks out. I think it no. checked out mathematically, grammatically. Sorry. It checks out. Sorry to not yes and you. <laughs> but... Uh, but follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter. And I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. This has been great. It's been fun. We'll do it tomorrow on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube Tuesday at 11 a.m. But you know what they say about momentum. Truly, it is only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.